Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Red Dirt Golf Hour. So excited you're with us. It's a big, big week here at the Red Dirt Golf Hour. You want to know why, guys? You want to know why? Why? Because it's 99 cent corn dogs on Wednesday at Sonic. We're so excited <laughs> to have that <laughs> blessing our lives this week here at the Red Dirt Golf Hour. Jared Gallagher, TJ Eckert, and Spencer Drury. So excited to be with you with this evening. Uh, guys, big weekend last weekend as Live Golf was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Cedar Ridge Country Club. The big Deej DJ, Dustin Johnson getting it done 17 under. Uh, and then going to a playoff where he birdied the 18th hole at Cedar Ridge, which was actually the ninth hole. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, but he defeated Cam Smith and Brendan, excuse me, I get those wrong all the time. Brandon Grace in a playoff. Dustin Johnson taking home $4 million, but congratulations to Brandon Grace's Stinger GC, who gets it done in the team competition. They were quite elated and ready to party on Sunday night. Welcome in, TJ. Welcome in, Spencer. Um, let's get it started. What were your thoughts on Live Golf in Tulsa? Well, first off, I think a missed opportunity by Live not coming this week to get the 50-cent corn dogs. Uh, right. That's for sure. Like just uh, with uh, with all the activations that were out there, would that have surprised you at all if they just said no. like car Sonic car hops it, out there, like ninety nine cent corn dogs, corn dogs but cheaper, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. First first and foremost, we talked about it a little bit on some of the pod exclusives we did last week. L Live was great. I, I had a great time out there. It was a lot of fun covering it. The access was fantastic. Uh, I sent emails out to shout out to Benji and Maureen and the communications team for for their help this this past week. They did a great job making things easy for us. Uh, had some good interviews. Had I got with Channel Eight, I got to shoot everything. At the PGA, if you had your camera out, it was like you were going to get patted down, like you were carrying a bomb <laughs> in the facility. But for Liv, it was like it, you could do literally anything you wanted to. So I in I fact in in fact, TJ, they upgraded you. They did because you had your camera out. They upgraded. I did. You. I had a I had a black lanyard at first, and then I was like, "Hey guys, do you mind if I get the there was the Oklahoma State themed inside the ropes pass?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah sure, just handed it to me like they were handing out candy." <laughs> so I got that. It was great, but no, overall the tournament was great. I think a lot of people who didn't know much about Live came out, and everybody I've talked to that went loved it. Everybody had a great time, something different for everybody to enjoy. And honestly, for Tulsa, best case scenario, best winner possible. It was in a playoff. I was close in the team race. So all in all, there was really, aside from Family Feud coming on with like four holes to play oh, on boy. TV, which we'll get into, uh, if, I feel like it was a pretty pretty perfect weekend for Tulsa. And Steve Harvey got to ruin everything. Spencer, you were out there on Saturday, brought the wife out. It was a lot of fun. It was hot on Saturday and sunny. Uh, what were your thoughts walking the grounds on Saturday afternoon at Live Golf? All things considered, I would definitely take the weather that we had on Saturday over the weather that we had on Sunday. Um, mm. We we didn't make it out Friday uh, because uh, I have a job, and then Saturday we did. Sunday we did not. We ended up spending the day in Stillwater watching uh, the Cowpokes run rule the uh, Kitty Cats from Kansas State. So that was a great way to spend a Mother's Day. I did not select that, uh, that option. That was fully my wife. Uh, she, she picked that, uh, but back to live, I had a blast. I had so many people today at work asking me kind of what my initials, what, what my thoughts were. And, uh, we we've covered it ad nauseum 
over our, our recap, uh, live after dark episodes, but I thought it was great. Very happy Gilmore, uh, esque, uh, mm-hmm. it, some some of the crowd I, I thought maybe were extras in Happy Gilmore. Uh, same clothing choices and everything. I saw I saw like eleven Tiger Woods mugshot T-shirts. That was like <laughs> that was like like they were handing him out at the front gate or something. I'll say this: there, there's a a very real movement in golf. It's more popular than it's ever been. I'm very appreciative. I've been golfing for a very long time. I'm very close to the game. Everything that I have in life, I kind of accredit to golf. Um, and there's a movement right now. COVID really kicked it off of a lot of people playing golf and it's great. Accounts like Zyre golf and things like that have really, uh, boosted the uh, party side of golf. Maybe Barstool has kind of contributed to that. There's, there's a big movement on that side of golf and the live is really leaning into it too. That was, I, I shed the media pass at one point. And I walked up, uh, we were about to leave. And I said, you know what? I, I want to get a beer before we hit the road. Uh, I was not driving. And I walked up to one of the bars and, and I said, you know, I'll take a cruise light. And, and the lady's like, well, they're not cold. And I was just like, oh, that's odd. You're, you're a bar. So why not? <laughs> um, and she goes, we just can't keep up. And I thought, goodness gracious, like this is, this is a problem. All it's right, Tulsa. But uh, one, one interesting thing though, I had one of the bartenders tell me that, uh, at the live, uh, I wish that I would have mentioned this uh, kind of in the in the tournament so people could be aware. If you tipped um, on the uh, kiosk whenever you're cashing out, that money went to the live. If you left a cash tip, it went to the bartenders. Oh, huh. they did not make the bartenders aware until the day of, the, of Friday of the tournament. Yikes! Well, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. In all fairness, the beers I think were five dollars cheaper than they were uh, at Southern Hills last year. So that could attribute to why they couldn't keep them cold because they were uh, going off the shelf so quickly. But um, all in all, I thought it was a great weekend. Um, you know, going back to Spencer, what you were saying, how the vibe was so much different. Obviously, you know, the things that they tout are the live music and the you know, all the activations they have outside of the game of golf. It really did feel like at times the golf was kind of an afterthought mm-hmm. to everything else that was happening. It was very much a carnival like atmosphere or a uh, maybe closer to like a state fair I had, atmosphere. I had Mark Bradshaw actually shout out Mark Bradshaw, our main anchor. Him and his wife called it like a cruise ship. I thought that was perfect. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a perfect description. That's exactly right. Um, you know, but at the end of the week, it came down to a very highly competitive tournament, uh, both in the team race and the individual race, and people were um, really engaged. You know, at the end of the day, all of these extra things that were happening around the golf course, um, you know, a little unfortunate because we had the rain delay in, right in the middle of the final round on Sunday. But yeah. credit to the people that came back, there there weren't a ton of them. It, it kind of reminded me of, uh, oh, back when Oklahoma State was playing, who what was it? Pittsburgh in college football several years ago. Ooh. And there was a big rainstorm right at the end of the third quarter and like a three or four hour delay. And then they just opened up the gates for free to anybody that wants to that. show up. And there were like 800 people that showed up to Boone Pickens State. It felt kind of like that to me. But the people that did come back came back and they were loud and they were yeah. 
um, very engaged, and they saw a great ending to a great golf tournament. Well, and to your point, shout out to the Tulsa fans because they expected. We talked about some of the numbers that I had heard from the tournament chairs there at Cedar Ridge, not from Live, because you know people for some reason think everything Live says is a lie, which you know they're they're promoting their product fine. Right. But Cedar Ridge officials said they expected ten thousand people every day. First day, I think it was over ten thousand. We don't have exact numbers. We haven't gotten those yet. There's been reports of numbers. We won't go there because we're not going to speculate. But we feel like it was over ten thousand. Second day, Saturday, they said was a sellout and it was the largest single day crowd for a domestic event, United States event since Live began. So that counts that, all the events in the United States. That was Live that said that. Live said that. So again, Correct. you know, take you, you can take it with a grain of salt, but sure. it was but that's what they said. And we talked about it in our recap. Saturday felt like way more than on Friday. And so I feel pretty confident yeah. in that. Sunday, Mother's Day, weather wasn't as great. The crowd early on was fine. And then when the weather came and went, there were some fans that didn't end up coming back. That's fine. But it was still a pretty good crowd. The scene on 18 was pretty good. I wish we would have had a scene where people could have crowded around the green. We didn't right. get that, but that's fine. It's, you know, weather, the course was really wet. We can talk about course conditions and all that because people griped all over social media, but it looked fine while we were there. Uh, but no, shout out to the Tulsa crowd. It was a good crowd. They said... At the very beginning of, or like at the end of Friday, they said this is on pace to be the largest full week of crowd for domestic event this season so far. And I, I feel pretty confident they broke that. Do you guys think that they did enough to make it an annual stop? So I don't have, I have one source. I don't have multiple, so it's not like a confirmed thing, but I've been told. Can't put it on the news, but. I will tell you on the radio. <laughs> I'll tell you on the radio, which is much more free flowing. That uh, apparently Cedar Ridge has two months, 60 days to renew. And I don't know if that means that Liv has already extended the uh, idea of coming back mm. again and Cedar Ridge has to accept, or if that means Cedar Ridge has to decide within 60 days if they would like to host again and then Liv has to accept that. I'm not sure how that process works, but it sounds like there's at least some sort of mutual interest to bring it back. And again, Live asked multiple golf courses. We've talked about on the on that right. about that here before. Galardia, Oak Tree. I think they asked Tulsa Country Club. So they asked multiple courses. They picked and Cedar ended up being the place. I don't know if they'll return to Cedar or not, but it sounds like there's at least maybe some mutual interest. My point, Spencer, is that they should do it not in May. They should do it in June or July when the grass has time to freaking grow in. It it would also be drier. I was talking to a buddy at work today, and I thought it would be a a, a really fun and unique opportunity for the state if if they could work it out to where it was like live oklahoma not necessarily just live tulsa sure and alternate years if it becomes an annual stop then come down to Gallardia, come down to twin hills now you've got a a course that is proven um uh the product is there and the demand is there and so uh i, I don't think you can go to like an oak tree national that that seems big it would be like going to southern hills in tulsa or the patriot or something like that i, I don't think they're quite on that level but why not go do like a carson creek Carson has had great success at the collegiate level. Maybe they could have some uh, some success at the at the live level, but parking would be kind of a nightmare with that. Parking over at Blackwell and shuttling everyone over. But I think that if they came down to Oklahoma City, Twin Hills and Gallardia, prime candidates, or the Greens, Rose Creek, something like that. I think you've got a lot of options there. I will say this about the parking. Parking at Lake Carl Blackwell wouldn't be any different than parking at Oral Roberts and shuttling across town. I can't, I can't believe they parked at ORU. I thought the maybe center would have been fine. There was, there was other places that were 
I'm not sorry, UMAC. The UMAC would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, Union, not the maybe centers where they did park the yeah. the UMAC. Oh shoot, it, Woodland Hills Mall. Woodland Hills Mall. Plenty of parking. Yeah. So there's there was other places I think they could have parked. Now they parked the maybe for Southern Hills, but that's like a mile and a half from Southern Hills. So right. This isn't like getting now. The media retreated much better for the PGA Championship. We parked at the Renaissance Hotel off 71st and 169 <laughs> and shuttled all the way back over to Southern Hills. So we got treated much better in Across that regard. town, yeah. Yes, but... Uh, I, I, I I will say this, though, about the media shuttle, and we kind of mentioned this on one of our um, recap pods. You know, as media members, it's very easy to um, feel like you have a right to, you know, your, your own shuttle or, or having these extra benefits, right? Like, yeah. yeah, there should be a media-only shuttle. Well, there wasn't at Live in Tulsa at Cedar Ridge. Um, we we got to totally fine, and I'm not complaining. I just wanted to explain that you know we get there early in the morning, and so the the shuttles to the course are fairly empty. Well, sometimes when you're leaving the course with the rest of the fans at the end of the day, you are having to. Um, in this case, it was the same parking lot as all of the hospitality guests that have been there for eight hours drinking free beer and free liquor. And so it was much more like a party bus, like atmosphere. Um, after it had rained on Sunday, it was muddy. It was wet. It was crazy trying to get back to lot a, but, um, yeah, you know, that, that, I mean, that, that was widen, widening Garnett road, I think would be great when you've got 40 charter buses lined up, you know, Heaven forbid people have fun, Jared. Heaven now, forbid no, people no, no, have no. fun. That I was, understand that. That was very much, I'm not complaining, but <laughs> that's exactly no, it, what that was. <laughs> I, it, I know. It is It is nitpicky, um, but 95% of the tournament I thought was phenomenal. I thought so, it was a really great event. I'm just being very nitpicky with a few Sure, sports. and there were, some, there were some things that we can complain about. For instance, I'll be nitpicky for you, Jared. We ate salmon every day in the media center. Maybe, <laughs> it was good smoked maybe, salmon. Maybe bring out some other beefs. I don't know. <laughs> but salmon was delicious, but that's all we had to eat. Sorry if that sounds really basic of us, but... No, yeah. th- how dare same- you? How dare you complain about the free smoked salmon w- that we got salmon, every day? I, I was not. The salmon was delicious. Jared at one point said, "I've had salmon five days in a row, and I'm tired of it." So, that's, but no, I will to just so we don't sound like live fanboys because we're not. We did. There were things that we didn't like. Um, yeah. Like I didn't like the fact that we we're really excited about the team atmosphere and the team leaderboard and. We hardly got to see what the team leaderboard was when we were on the golf course. I think right. they do a good job of it on the telecast, bringing it up. But on the course, there's not enough leaderboards, and so they alternate them. And so right. Dustin, and the reason I say this was because Dustin Johnson was asked after I think the second round, like, "Hey, you guys, the four aces right up there in the team lead. You know, is that something that's on your mind going into the final round?" He's like, "Are we really? I had no idea. I never saw a leaderboard about it." Which DJ is probably the most like laid back and just unassuming person in the on the planet. So like that guy wouldn't notice it anyway. But I do think if we're going to lean into the team aspect, which I think they should because it's different and I think it can be really good, then we need to really push it while we're out there on mm-hmm. the golf course too. It felt to me kind of a lot like when you're watching uh, right the day before the match play begins in the NCAA National Championship. Sure, where yeah. the teams are kind of decided. And, you know, you've got a couple of bubble teams that are maybe competing, but the golf channel coverage purely goes to the individual game. And they're not really showing anybody – uh, outside of like the top five, uh, that's kind of how it felt to me. It, it just seemed like well, very individual focused. And I would say that 
the guys on the golf course during the college national championship, which quick, quick shout out to our teams participating in regionals, by the way, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. state. And then uh, the Tulsa women and the OSU women heading to the national championship. Yeah. Greyhawk. So good luck to all of our teams that are participating since you brought that up, but uh, they, they're on golf stats so they can see the team leaderboard. So like they have that ability to know where they're at. Like the guys on the golf course for live. If you're not, if you don't have a separate leaderboard that shows the team standings or you don't have somebody there telling you, like maybe maybe carry a, a sign around, that'd be really hard, but like a standard that has something with a team leaderboard on it. Uh, that'd be really right. hard because you have to change it constantly and there have to be walkies telling them, right. hey, change four aces to 32 under par. But like, honestly, we even at the end of the, the round, we didn't know, of, on Sunday, we didn't know what the team standings were. There was a lot right. of confusion. The yeah. announcer, DJ makes birdie on 18 to force a playoff in the individual race. There was already going to be one with Cam and, and Brandon Grace. Well, I guess Brandon Grace put it last to make that par putt to get into the playoff. Right. But DJ makes birdie to get into the playoff, and we all assumed that because he made birdie, that tied the four aces with Stinger, which would make it a team playoff. The guy, the announcer on 18 green said ladies and gentlemen we have history the first team playoff ever in live history and we're like <laughs> oh, oh hell yeah where are we gonna go for that and then like five minutes later he came back and said congratulations to stinger gc for winning the team competition and we're like what does that mean how did they win what did they use to determine well dj's score didn't count he had the highest score of the four aces all- that yeah. day so his score didn't count but nobody knew that and the team leaderboard was never clear enough to us to know that and so that's that's back to our point. If you're going to lean into the team, we need to sure. know that stuff for sure. And I don't know, uh, Spencer, you were at home, right? You're I don't I don't know if right, you were watching no. or if you saw it. I, yeah, I don't know. I was really but, confused. So it wasn't clear on the telecast either. No, and and to okay. be fair, I asked zero questions. I saw it happen, and I was just like, "Yep, Stingers won." Like I don't know, I don't get. I it. started walking I over know. to the ninth team. The nine, yeah, yeah. So they were going to play. So this is if anybody cares to know this. If there's ever a team playoff and live and you want to know what's going to happen, the captain picks two players from his team. It can be him and another player or two other players, and they play one hole, and it's the aggregate, low aggregate wins the playoff. Unless in the only instance, in the playoff. Correct. In the yes. only instance that they that they can't pick themselves as if they are in the playoff, like in D- the individual playoff. Yeah, so like DJ, if there was a tie, DJ could not have picked himself to be in the team correct. playoff. So for if there would have been a playoff, it would have to be Patrick Reed and somebody else from the four aces against Peter Uline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, which at the collegiate level, high school level, it's all about total score, not per day. Correct. High school, I do know this because my sister in high school was in a playoff for second and third in the state championship. All five girls went out and played the hole, and they took the four lowest scores. Now mm-hmm. I don't know what they'll do for college. I've never seen it before. It's the uh, same thing in college. Okay. All right. There you go. So because they had it at Carston in the 2018 national that's championships, right. I believe for the women. Correct. Good call. That's right. That's because exactly it was right. To go to match play. Go to match I think play. It was yeah. When they were to they go play, match play. They played 18, and I think Arizona was it Arizona that got through. Is that who it yeah, was? Yeah, and they ended up winning the national. They, they won the national championship. Yeah. That's right. Good call. Oh yeah. They had. Oh man, who was that one girl? Haley Moore. Haley yes. Moore, she, that putt she hit on 18 to win the national yeah. title, incredible. Yep. It, it reminded me a lot of Sean Einhaus's putt uh, yep. on 18 in 2011. In wow. Yeah. We are down a freaking rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> we, we're getting off track, guys. We got to take a break. <laughs> when we, 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 we will close our, our live thoughts and move on to the PGA Championship coming up at Oak Hill this next week. Um, after this break, more to come after this on the Red Dirt Golf Hour. 
Welcome back inside the Red Dirt Golf Hour. Jared Gallagher, Spencer Drury, and TJ Eckert with you as we close out our Live Golf Tulsa recap here before we move on to the PGA Championship coming up this week. Guys, um, I, I wanted to give one last thought on Live, and then we can go into some superlatives uh, before we close it out. Um, nice. I, I, was, I was thinking last night uh, when I got home, I was thinking about the team competition, and if I was Patrick Reed or somebody else on the four races, I think I'd be a little bit pissed off, to be honest. If if the team race is a real thing, okay, and we actually care about it as a team, our captain did just enough to win himself four million bucks, but couldn't contribute when it mattered most to get us into a team playoff. Wow! Think about that for a second. If that if it really does matter to those guys, are you uh, even if in the slightest upset at your team captain? No, I mean, in my opinion, sorry if you had something to add. No, in my fine. in my opinion, I mean, you should be more mad at yourselves. I mean, your captain won the golf tournament, so why wouldn't you be more upset with the three of the other guys who? I mean, that's like that's very similar to Ludwig Aberg rolling at the big 12 championship and Texas tech doing literally nothing to help them out at, <laughs> at Prairie dunes. I mean, they were, if you take, if you take Aberg off that team, what did they do? So it's like, who was the highest finisher off the four aces other than DJ? Was it Peter Uline? He yep. shot four under or whatever he shot. So it's like, there wasn't. Seven. Okay. So he he played well that, that final day. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I understand the question Jared, because you're right. I mean, right. If, if DJ plays average, did they win the team competition? Sure. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you can blame DJ. I think you blame the other three. I don't even think you do that. I think you blame the format. The fact that the leader of the tournament's score doesn't like it's not a total score. That's where I think you you get mad. Like it. Do you, so do you wait, how DJ's if, playing? He played well the the first two days. So do you not do like you the think, college scoring format? Well, yeah, but in in the live format because they take it by day by day total of who scores. Right. Now, that's what I'm saying. I think you get mad at the live format, and they should be changing it to the college format. So so if you're live and you are saying these are 48 of the greatest golfers on the planet, mm -hmm. why aren't you doing four take four score? Why aren't you counting all four scores? Uh, yeah, you could certainly do that. I'm, I'm still confused because I think the live scoring format is the exact same as the college scoring format, just with one less player, is it not? I thought we, we just talked about it, how DJ score didn't count on the final day, despite being in tied for the lead for the tournament because he had the, the highest day. That's three right. Score. Yeah. So that'd be like, that'd be like Ludwig Aberg shooting 74 and winning the golf tournament. But the other three guys, the other four guys shot 73. So they would take Is, the four 73s and drop the 74, but are the college Ludwig's scores, are the college scores an aggregate? Do they roll over day by day, and then just the week is for the for the yeah, tournament? Yeah. So if you if you shoot if your team shoots five under in day one, then you you're five under going into the next day, and then if you shoot five under again, you're ten under. Is that what you're asking? It's it's the daily score. It's your team daily score. Five scores, five players, four lowest scores each day. So you it is the exact same thing. Yes, you don't take the same player well, every but, day. But hang on, but hang on, but hang on. If a player goes out and he shoots five under, right on the first day, sure. But then he goes out and he shoots one over. Uh-huh. Okay. So you've got four players on a team. For live. Everyone yes. shoot three shoot even. One guy shoots five under on the first day. So you would drop an even. You would drop an even. Correct. On the next day, if that five over guy goes out and shoots one over, but he's four under. Uh-huh. And the and the other guys shoot two under. 
you would take this you, you would drop the one over. Well, but would you not look at it from the team total score of saying, hey, you're still at four under. You're still the have the best score, so we're mm-hmm. still counting you. Like it's a, you, you see what I'm saying there? I think we're saying what, the same thing, the just total? I think we're saying it differently. So it doesn't matter what your overall score is. If you had if you had a bad score, like DJ, DJ's a perfect example because he he had the worst team score but still won the golf tournament. Three other guys played better than him on his team that day, so they drop his score just for that day. So it's your right. daily score, not your total tournament score. So so basically, you take day one, you have your three scores. That adds up to your team score. Right. That team score is locked in for the for, beginning of day two. For that day, And yes. it basically starts over at even. Correct. And then you take the next three scores and add that to day one's correct. locked in score. So if you're... See, I don't like that. Well, you so you'd rather have it your cumulative score. You take the three best cumulative scores for the tournament. That's your team yeah. score. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, then if, if you've got two guys on your team that are really making a charge, and they start out in fifth, but then they move up to to first or whatever, then it sure. kind of gives you a little greater chance for a okay. team to get more movement. I see what you're saying. In theory, it, that's exactly what's happening. Just like if like DJ not score not counting is probably a very rare thing for a, like in a right. college golf tournament like, sure. if you're going to win the tournament you're probably going to have your score counting every day but that day a couple of the four aces guys just played well and dj didn't have his best round so i mean it's an interesting topic i mean i'd be curious to see if we pull up the leaderboard if you pulled up the best three cumulative scores from four aces versus stinger who wins the golf tournament and then you compare what it was for day-to-day sure. scoring i don't know i mean yeah i think it's interesting I think there's it's six of one, half a dozen the other. Like it, it's going to have drama either way. I mean, I totally understand doing it day by day, but you know, I, I just think looking at a total score would make a little bit more sense. PJ, you had a thought on Dustin Johnson. Yeah. So um, I, honestly, they probably win the golf tournament if DJ doesn't blow up on 10. So that, yeah, that was my absolutely. thought. But so honestly, it, it ended up being a, a blessing and a curse, I guess, that, that DJ. Struggled on 10, made triple on, on so, one, technically. I, I have a question on that hole. I, I assume you watched it fairly yes. closely when that happened. So his so he had to take a drop. He hit it in the water, and he had to take a drop, right? And he right. was right on the edge, and there was a lot of rough between him and the green, and he was kind of on the short side of the green. The pin was on a plateau, and then right behind the pin, it dropped off to, to another body of water. At that point, he was already – I think that was – he was laying four – hitting five and my thought is he was at that point he was just playing for the double bogey yeah so he hit he hit the ball in the water on his second shot he was hitting his fourth from down there by that little creek and you think that's right hitting his fourth so you think he was taking long out of play i think he was taking long because he ended up what looked like on tv it looked like he just chunked that shot his fourth because it didn't it didn't get to the green but i'm thinking he was trying to just play for the double bogey because he he essentially he laid up there so that he didn't he took long out of play and then he just happened to miss his double bogey putt and had to take triple there which ultimately cost him the team competition that's fair um i i don't know exactly what his thought was i think where he dropped was probably a, a, it wasn't the best of lies anyway cuz it's kind of near the penalty area yeah and uh, to your point uh, you, you know you could catch a flyer out of that lie it's hard to read when you have good Bermuda grass. 
it's hard to kind of read the lie. And so maybe he was afraid of the ball jumping out of that lie, flying over the, not flying over the green, but landing firm. He may not have thought he could land the ball on the green and hold it. So yeah. maybe he thought, if I can, out, yeah. maybe I could land it short. Maybe it'll just trickle on. And I can two putt from there. Or maybe it was just, he just mishit it. I, it was hard to tell. You can't yeah. ever read his, he will hit a tee shot <laughs> and not look at it regardless if it's going down the middle of the fairway or 30 yards right of the fairway. It's yeah. impossible to tell where his ball is going. He just he plays so fast, which is great. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to to kind of get a good read on exactly what's happening with him. Uh, boys, quickly, let's put a pin in Live Golf with your superlatives, your highs and lows of the championship. But Before we get jump into that, I just did a quick glance. I, I think if we would have done total score, Per player, instead of doing a per day uh, scoring, right? Uh, Stinger still would have won by like two strokes. I, in fact, I think the top four would have finished exactly how they finished hmm. by taking individual day by day score, cumulative instead of day by day. Interesting. Yeah. So highs and lows of live golf in Tulsa. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Spence. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay, highs. Uh, I think we kind of talked about this in our recap. Liv does a good job of being the anti-PGA. Um, so I think my good and bad is is both that, where they are doing a great job with a fantastic product that is fun, it's engaging, it's great for the fans. It's as much as uh, uh, boozing as was, was going on at the tournament. It's still a good family environment. They had a great fan village. Everything was fun. It was very engaging. It's very much so the opposite of the PGA Tour. Uh, and then kind of my, what I didn't like is that they are still trying to compete with the PGA tour. We talked about this. The XFL <laughs> does not compete with the NFL. The USFL does not compete with the NFL live. Stop trying to compete with PGA. Go be live, go be golf, but louder. Stop trying to be the PGA. So that's kind of my, my favorite and least favorite thing. I think, um, it's just a great time all around. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. My favorite thing was the shotgun start. There's dumb debate over whether it's good or not honestly the reason i'm a fan is because it got us in and out of there pretty quick it got fans in and out of there pretty quick the pace of play was really good because there was spacing between every hole and there were holes that were empty because there's only 12 teams or i'm, I'm sorry 16 16 t 12 teams obviously 16 t times 16 yeah. there's 16 groups of three sure the so two holes aren't being used so there's gaps so the pace of play is great every round other than the weather delay round was four and a half hours pretty much and so that I thought that was pretty good. Walking, threesomes, pretty good. So that I think that turned out really well. It gave fans a chance to not have to be there at 7 a.m. and not stay till 8 o'clock at night. And it gave you a chance to watch every player if you so chose. So that was my positive. My negative goes back to what Spencer said, is stop trying to compare yourself. Because right now there's just no comparison. You're new. That's okay. And you're different. That's okay, too. I made that point in my recap package for tv it's like you're different embrace embrace being different that's what makes you guys marketable and what makes you guys good don't try and do this you know merchandise flying off the shelves like pga tour and the pga of america doesn't talk about how quickly merchandise is selling out like you're not that doesn't prove any point to me um i don't we don't talk too much about viewership ticket sales with pga tour pga of america we do for news because it's newsy like hey Look at the economic impact the PGA Championship is going to bring to Tulsa. Sure. Like that's that's a point. But, you know, they make a big deal out of that. And I understand why. It's because they're trying to sell the fact that they are sticking around and they are viable because people are telling them that they're not. But 
it just it becomes constant to me and it becomes fanboying and it becomes you know cheerleader almost to the point where it's it kind of becomes annoying so if you want if you are viable you've gotten some of the best players in the world to come play for your tour you've played at some pretty good stops you've played all around the world you're doing what you said you're going to do so just keep doing it and if people don't like it that's their choice you don't have to like it but you're not, I don't think you can force people to like it. And that's kind of what they try. To, I feel like that's what they try to do sometimes. And they have a good enough product, in my opinion, that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with my low first so that we can end on a high note. Uh, okay. My low is, for whatever reason, this event seemed to bring out all the trolls on yep. both sides. 100%. On both sides. 100%. All the trolls, pro and anti-live, were hot and heavy social media warriors this week. Um, But I would venture to guess that 99% of them never stepped foot on the grounds at Cedar Ridge. They took one side of it. It's like the whole, you know, national news narrative debate, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a hot topic these days, but you only either watch Fox news or you only either watch CNN or MSNBC Nobody's ever watching all of them, right? To get the full perspective of what everybody's sure. trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, as somebody or as a group that tried not to take a side and just report on the event for what it was and the success that it was for the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma, that was a bit disheartening for me. Sure. On a, on the other end of that spectrum, and my high note is we got to see for the s- really the third year in a row Mm -hmm. world-class professional golf in green country. And I think that hopefully now, again, there's nothing on the books for next year, necessarily. We've got the corn Ferry coming up, which is, uh, you know, the, the world's great next talent in professional golf. Uh, That's coming up at Jimmy Austin next month. Um, Hopefully this continues that trend of, organizations wanting to invest in the state of Oklahoma uh, as it pertains to professional golf, because I I do think that there's a real value here for doing business in the state of Oklahoma as a professional golf entity. And we have very, you saw it this week, you saw it last year, very, very fervent fan base that, that loves professional golf and that will continue to come out and support these, these events. So I was really quick. Just a quick yes or no. Would you guys cover or attend or both another live event if it came to Oklahoma? Absolutely. I'm thinking about going to the one at, at Valderrama in Spain <laughs> <laughs> in July. I think that'd be a blast. Now, the yeah, the answer for me as well is yes. I think it was it was good enough and different enough to to make it enjoyable. Who thought that Jared's low light was going to be something about the media shuttle? <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody it. listening at home has their hands raised right now. <laughs> Well, the media, the media stuff was good. We we got treated really well, and we were joking about the salmon because it was delicious. They had overnight oats as well every single morning, and I yeah, had you loved. The I love me some overnight oats. They, I don't know what they did. It's hard to make overnight oats, but the texture was just so. Hey, I, I will say one of the funniest things. I walked up with with my wife, and had, I had her pass on my phone, and uh, I, I walked up to the main gate, and, and I just they scanned her ticket, and I was like, "Oh, I'm media," and they're just like, "Come on in." I was like, "That's all it took." <laughs> All I had to say was that. <laughs> let anybody get credentialed these days. How many like, metal detectors did you have to walk through last year to get out of Southern Hills as a media? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I walked through one metal detector uh, to get into the live, and, and 
you know, I, I carry a pocket knife with me just day to day. And, and I was walking up and I thought, Oh my God, they're going to take my knife. Like that sounds like such a horrible statement to make. And, and I put it in, in the, in the bowl, put my phone, my wallet and all that. And they just like scooted it across the table. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> There's no security. Oh, here boy. Right we need to get in another break, guys. Let's do that. When we come back, we'll talk PGA Championship at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. That's coming up after this on the Red Dirt Golf Hour. Welcome back inside the Red Dirt Golf Hour. Jared Gallagher, TJ Eckert, and Spencer Drury with you. Boys, it is PGA Championship weekend a year ago today. We were getting excited for Southern Hills for the fifth time, most all time. This year, we're going to Oak Hill in Rochester, New York for the fourth time in PGA Championship history. It is only second to Southern Hills in terms of most PGA Championships hosted. Uh, but this is going to be a fun one, I think. 99 of the top 100 golfers in the official world golf rankings will be there. In fact, I've got a Fun fact about that, I'll, I'll ask you guys in a, uh, a fun trivia question I'll ask you guys here in a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, the championship that's coming up on Oak Hill. Um, we had an interesting chat earlier today off the air about kind of where does the PGA championship fit in terms of the majors and the identity of it. Um, Spencer, you were the one that came came up with this question, and it has garnered some really good discussion. I, I can't steal it or uh, we're going to give credit to uh, Brendan Morris uh, special guest oh, from right. Southern Hills recap. Uh, we, we were talking about how to, how the majors compare the masters of the masters. It kicks off, you know, kind of golf a little bit for those that aren't plugged in uh, week in week out. It's one of the greatest weeks in sports. Uh, the U S those Open, of you that don't know the masters is the greatest week in sports. <laughs> yeah. Um, the U S open typically known as the toughest testing golf. British Open is the most historical event in golf. And then we were discussing, where does the PGA lie? And it was a good debate. Uh, we, we talked a lot of different points. I kind of think that the PGA Championship is very natural American golf. It is historical venues. Just kind of those historical, I don't, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard to like put into, into terms. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like the great American golf course, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's those... Golden age courses that have a lot of history um, have historically been a tough test might not be the longest golf courses out there. It's not, you know, it's not going to be a, a manufactured test. Like a lot of times you like, you'll see, you know, 18 inches of rough at Pebble beach or something like that for the U S open. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of history and lineage in these golf courses and a lot of great champions that have won on these golf courses. And at least, you know, when we're talking to guys like Brian Carnes, championship director and shout out like Brian, that, you know, shout out Brian Carnes. We're, we're, I'd love to get him on next week and, and get a recap. We, we should try to work on that. But, um, you know, that seems to be the type of vibe. Uh, TJ, um, you, you had a good point too. It seems, you know, at least, you know, the majority of the, of the venues that they're going to in the PGA championship are smaller markets, right? I mean, every once in a while, there's, you know, your, your Harding park in San Francisco or something like that. But for the most part, they're smaller markets. Well, and you think about the PGA and most people, I, it, it is the most underrated major. I mean, it's the least talked about major championship, but you think about First off, you my, that was my point was all the smaller markets. So obviously, you had Tulsa, Rochester, New York this week, Kiowa Island, 
Uh, you had St. Louis, which was, uh, I would consider it a medium-sized market. San Francisco with Har- TPC Harding Park was really the only one. It's the only one that really stands out in terms of big markets. It's gone, you know, Kiowa's on there. And then you think about the the way the, the PGA has gone, right? So JT wins in a playoff of Southern Hills last year. That was awesome. Phil wins the year before that at Kiowa, which was considered by some to be one of the best major mm-hmm. championships ever. Uh, Colin Morikawa's one at Harding Park was kind of the mo- least exciting because it was during COVID. There was nobody there, but he drove the green on like 16 or 17 to kind of seal that championship there at the PGA. Uh, 2019 was Brooks winning it back-to-back, I'm pretty sure. I think DJ was yeah. kind of pushing him late. 2018 and 2019. 20, in fa- 2018 was the Tiger one at Bell Reeve where Tiger yeah. really kind of started to come back. In fact, so, you have to go back to 2015 to even find a champion that won by more than two strokes. Yeah, so, so all of them have been fairly competitive. They've all been dramatic. History. They've all been in small markets with giant crowds. Um, I think the really the main thing you can say about the PGA is that it's professionally done. Kerry Haig is the best in terms of course setup of all the of all the championships. Yeah. I think the problem why the PGA doesn't get its credit is because they just don't do anything flashy. It's just golf yeah. as it was intended to be. And because of that, people don't talk about the USGA adding 12 inches of rough or mm-hmm. making the greens impossible or, you know, like the Open and the Masters have their place. But the PGA just doesn't get talked about for that regard. I think if Tom Coyne rewrote his book, A Course Called America, and wrote it strictly about PGA Championship venues, mm-hmm. it would be just as good a read. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I, I think about it. Like, A yeah. Course Called America, it's the PGA Championship venues. Yeah. Like, they are just unequivocally American historical golf. Well, kind of on that, we we got a vested interest in the PGA because we just had it here. But I, I was able to draw, guys, a lot of similarities from Southern Hills to Oak Hill. Uh, Oak Hill is a historic golf course, obviously, has a historic designer. Uh, but the Donald Ross, for anybody who didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. But what's happened over the years is the course was built to continue hosting major championships. So it was redesigned and redesigned and redone and the routing changed. And... Ultimately, what happened is it lost its character. It didn't have any character. It was just long, long rough, rounded greens, normal bunkers, and they went through a restoration just like Southern Hills did. And now it's it's opened up more. There's less trees. There's more short grass. There's there's not as much short grass as at Southern Hills, which is why I think Southern Hills is still a better course, and I'm biased. But it's very it's very similar. Couldn't in a, be that you just played it a, a week or two ago. I right? did. I did with three of my closest friends, <laughs> and so I I think that I think that there's a lot of similarities you can draw from Oak Hill to Southern Hills if you were to watch this week. Yeah. That said, you are going to see a lot more rough. I think. Correct. You're going to see, um, you're you're going to see greens complexes stylistically a lot more. Um, maybe A.W. Tillinghast-esque, like Wingfoot, more northeast, you know, kind of rigid, well, squarish. And when people think of Donald Ross, I think they automatically think of Pinehurst screens. They're kind of those yep. turtleback. They're gonna, there's right. lots of fall-offs. And there is some, it looks like, just from looking at aerials. But there's a lot of, like, random subsections of greens. Like, right. when they went through and restored the greens, they added almost, like, corners, like you're talking about, to where sure. you can add pin placements. There is some runoff areas, but it's not there's not as much short grass. Like you mentioned, there's a, there's a lot of rough around some of these greens. It, it, it seems to be that it's going to be geared much more toward the long hitter hundred percent this week. So 100%. that'll be interesting to see. We got to get our picks in, but first guys, I I've got a two part trivia question for you. And I want to see if either of you can get this. Okay. 
So I mentioned earlier, 99 of the top 100 golfers in the official world golf rankings uh, are expected to tee it up this week at Oak Hill. Do you know who the only omission from the top 100 is this week? I think I have the answer, but it's got to be Gooch, right? That was my guess. No, Taylor Gooch is playing in the PGA Championship. In fact, there oh, are seven, oh no, thinking no, U.S. Open. Yeah, you're right. Dang it, there's there are 17 live golfers that are that are scheduled to tee yeah. up. Sorry, that, that, Pe- not people. Even using my head. People have been whining a lot about Sergio not being in the field. Is Sergio in the top 100? He is not currently in the top 100. In okay. fact, are you ready for the answer? It, wait, uh, no, no strike two. It, okay. <laughs> I haven't I haven't pulled up the t- entire field. I actually stopped at the C's to figure out who my pick was. Is it Ricky? No, it's not Ricky. It's, it's, Will, not it's, Ricky Will, it's Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. Oh, injury. Who was yeah. injured. He's the only omission out of the top 100. Last year, guys, there were 95 of the top 100 players in the in the PGA Championship. Do you know who the 100th player in the world going into last year's PGA Championship was? Both, And I'll give you a hint. He and Will Zalatoris had very integral parts of the back nine on Sunday. Was it Mito? Mito, Mito Pereira. Wow. Came okay. in, ranked 100th in the official world golf rankings. Interesting. Okay. Uh, just because I think it's interesting, and we're just coming off of Live Golf Tulsa. There are 17 Live golfers teeing it up in the PGA Championship. Some of the notables that are not teeing it up, Bubba Watson, Brandon Grace, Charles Howell, Mark Leishman, Louis Oosthuizen, and Chase Kepka, unfortunately, not you, teeing it up in the PGA did, Championship. Did you say Sergio? Because Sergio's not playing either. Sergio also not playing. I forgot he was a he was that was live. in terms of lit <laughs> in terms of live bot trolling people. Though that's the one they're most angry about is Sergio not being in the field. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Um, time for picks. Yeah. Time for picks. Uh, okay, so obviously with the live tournament. Uh, Previous week's episode, we talked about how we were going to do two different versions of the picks. We're going to do individual and team. Jared went with Taylor Gooch. I went with Peter Uline. TJ went with Quando uh, Cavs himself, uh, mm. Phil Mickelson. By the way, they looked great with shorts on. Boy, they, yeah. Uh, I got second on team pick with uh, with the Range Goats, and then Jared uh, got first with the team pick at four aces. So Jared and I actually tied. Um, I took first in the individual he took first in the team, so we both got five points. And then uh, TJ DFL got one point for his individual and uh, team pick. So that brings our our uh, season total. Jared, 22.5. I'm one point behind at 21.5, and then TJ's at 16. So with a tie, we're going to let Jared pick first, and then I'll go, and then TJ will uh, include us on the PJ Championship picks. I really want to pick Brooks Kepka. I think that he's playing well. I want to pick him, but I'm not going to pick him. Okay. I'm going to pick John Rahm. He's going to win the Belmont Stakes of the PGH Championship, the second leg nice. of the Grand Slam, halfway home. It's going to be John Rahm on would, Sunday evening. And it would be the third of his career Grand Slam because he's going to the U.S. Open. So. I pick. feel like that's an appropriate pick. Yeah, can't go wrong. First pick, can't go wrong with that. And and I think he he's he has the longest streak of cuts made, um, on tour for uh, major championships. And there's just a lot of stats in John Rahm's favor right now. Good pull, good pull. 
man, I'm going to go with someone that I, it makes me a little uncomfortable making this pick, but I'm going to do it. New York native, Cam Young. Nice. Hmm. Uh, okay. So this is, this is, this is hard. Cause there's a lot of good picks. I would, again, I'm all about storylines. So I would love DJ or Brooks Kepka to win. Love a live guy to win just to mm. see what happens. You know, just you really are us. stir the pot, hot take TJ over here. I would love it. Uh, I wouldn't normally do this cause he's not playing well, but just something, something feels fishy about old Rory McElroy. Hadn't been playing well. He's not in the mental space. The dude's a member at Oak Hill. I believe his wife is from Rochester. Yeah, that's right. There's just something about Rory this week. Not playing well at all. No form. Apparently, mentally not in it right now. <laughs> but, dude, apparently, if, in terms apparently of... Apparently, neither is Justin Thomas, so yeah. <laughs> who knows? Did you see the exchange, by the way, with JT and a reporter? In today? his interview? Yeah. Yes. So he was talking about, you know, the Oak Hill, and he was like, I don't know, man, it's Rochester. It snowed here like three weeks ago. And the reporter was like, uh, for the record, it did not snow here three weeks ago. It has not snowed here in a while. And JT was like, "Okay, man." Like, I was like, "That'd be like someone. Uh, that'd be like someone accusing Tulsa of having severe weather, and one of us chiming in. Excuse me, we haven't had a tornado warning since last April." I uh, gotta like, love, gotta lose. love New York reporters. Roy McIlroy is gonna win. I don't feel any confidence in that whatsoever. But just you know, when you're a member of a course, you just you just have an idea. And yeah. really quick, we said it's a bomber's paradise. Jason Duffner won here the last time the PGA was here. Not a bomber, so pre pre restoration. It was, but length was probably there. The rough was long. Just saying. Mm. R- Rory is that's scorching. I'm I'm not even Tanner hot takes over hot. here. Well, I again I wanted to take a I wanted to take a live guy, but I refrained. So I, I, I went ahead it. and took Rory. Rory would light the live world on fire or the PGA oh, world on fire. Can, can you imagine the takes from the PGA tour oh, accounts? Anyway, geez. there you go. It's going to be a fun week, that's for sure, guys. PGA Championship happening this week in Rochester, New York, Oak Hill Country Club. That'll do it for this week, our edition of the Red Dirt Golf Hour, guys. Uh, I guess we'll just we'll talk next week. We'll see who wins, and we will chat next week. <laughs>